Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live down the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will continue to discuss the question, How do we enter into God's rest? We will be studying what the Bible teaches. Our guest speaker is based in London, England. More about our guest after we have had some music. Child 
How do we enter into God's rest? We will continue to to discuss this question tonight with Brother Gerald Graham. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. First, let's summarize what we learned during last week's show. On last week's radio show, we discovered that the Bible teaches that God's rest is His Holy Sabbath day. We read this in the Bible from Exodus chapter 31 and verse 15, where the Bible reads, Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. The Bible is clear that God's Sabbath day is on the seventh day of the week, the day that we call today Saturday. Now some listeners have tried to state that we do not know which day is the seventh day in our modern calendar, but we surely do. The Bible uses numbers for each day of the weekly cycle, numbered from one to seven, the seventh day of the week being called the Sabbath. The names that we have in English for the seven-day weekly cycle, they come from heathenism. Believe it or not, the worship of demon gods where each day is named after a heathen demon god. In Old English, the first day of the week Sunday comes from Sun's Day, or Sol's Day. Sol was an ancient Roman sun god. The second day of the week, Monday, stems from Moon's Day. Luna was an ancient Roman goddess. Luna was a Roman moon goddess. The rest of the names with which we are familiar They stem from Anglo-Saxon names for gods in Teutonic mythology. The third day of the week, Tuesday, comes from the Anglo-Saxon name for the Norse god of war. The fourth day of the week, Wednesday, refers to Woden, or Odin, the supreme heathen deity. 
The fifth day of the week, Thursday, comes from four, the god of thunder, corresponding to the Roman god Jupiter, or Jove. The sixth day of the week, Friday, is derived from Frigga, the wife of Woden and goddess of love and marriage. And the seventh day of the week, Saturday, refers to Saturn, the ancient Roman god of agriculture, fun and feasting. And so we see that the seventh day in the Bible is what we call in English Saturday. If we turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1 and verses 5 and 8, we read, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Here the Lord denotes how we are to measure days, from the evening, sunset, to the morning, sunrise, to the next evening. Thus from sunset to sunset is one day. Therefore, the seventh day Sabbath is from sunset Friday, the sixth day of the week, to sunset Saturday, the seventh day of the week. Now listeners, interestingly, the French, Italian and Spanish names for the seventh day of the week, the day which we call Saturday, all means Sabbath. There are other languages in the world that also still keep the name for the seventh day of the week as Sabbath, languages such as Arabic, Russian, Greek and Indonesian. Discover this for yourself. We also discovered on previous radio shows that Jesus did not change the law of Ten Commandments and abolished the seventh-day Sabbath of Sunset Friday to Sunset Saturday. The Bible states what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. That law being the Ten Commandments, and the Fourth Commandment being the seventh-day Sabbath. And on last week's radio show, we also saw a contrast. Those who have faith in God's word and who are obedient to his commandments and keep the seventh-day Sabbath holy, they receive his blessing and have peace. They have rest in their lives. You can see First Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 9 as a reference. Those who refuse to believe in God's word and who do not keep his seventh-day Sabbath holy, they forfeit his protection and they are overthrown by their heathen enemies around them. They have no rest in their lives. And see Lamentations chapter 1 verse 3. So listeners, now let's call Brother Gerald and see if he's available for tonight's show. Hello. Good evening, Brother Gerald. You are live and voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you this evening? I am fine, thank you. I am fine. Praise the Lord. Yes. Well, tonight we'll continue the subject that we were discussing last week and we'll be discussing these questions together. These are all related to how do we enter into God's rest. Yes. What did Jesus teach about entering into God's rest? Why did Jesus say that faith is needed in order to enter into his rest? How does God's love relate to his rest? How do we enter into God's rest today? And when will God's people finally fully enter into God's rest? 
So, Brother Gerald, before we start our discussion this evening, let's have a word of prayer together, please. Yes. Heavenly Father, we are grateful again for the opportunities that we have, because each opportunity that we have to study your word, we know can be a life-changing experience. So as we do so, we pray your Holy Spirit will open our minds to the truths that are found in your word, give us understanding, give us the ability and the courage to stand for what we learn. And as a result, the change that is wrought in our lives, we pray that it will be a glory to your name. These things we pray through Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Brother Gerald, what did Jesus teach us about entering into God's rest? Well, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, Jesus says, Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, when we speak about um, entering into God's rest, it can be a wide range of things that we can look at. But as right. I did yesterday, I will be focusing upon the Sabbath areas as far as um, entering into God's rest. Because right. in this scripture, we find that it is God's desire to unite God and, and man. Right. With nothing between us. He says also that rest is needed. Because, you know, in this life, there's physical stress, depression, anxiety, addictions. We need time to refocus, strengthen our relationships. And so the Sabbath is one means, is the ultimate means, the greatest means by which we can find that physical, mental, social, and spiritual health to bring us back into a relationship with God. Yes. So more than just teaching about God's rest, we see an example where the Sabbath is concerned that Jesus gave examples in his lifestyle of keeping the seventh Sabbath day, the seventh day of the week. Right. We are told in Luke chapter 4, for instance, that he kept the seventh day all of his life. In fact, it was the Lord's day, and he was Lord of the Sabbath. Yes. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, 23 to 28, he's, we are told that he vindicated the Sabbath as a merciful institution designed for man's good. He also taught that we should observe the Sabbath, and he taught us that nothing should be done on the Sabbath day, according to Mark chapter 12 and verse 12, but that which is lawful. Right. And even 40 years um, after his um, resurrection, he instructed his, the apostles that Sabbath should be prayerfully regarded. So we see not only did he teach about the Sabbath, not only did he observe the Sabbath, but he showed that even after his death, the Sabbath was still something that should be prayerfully regarded. Yes. 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 Well, Brother Gerald, I would like to also to share with the audience to compliment what you've shared with us today because you know we receive feedback from listeners and yeah. um as you had stated that jesus has given us the example 
of how to keep the Sabbath. And the same Bible text that you've used. Can we look at this again, please? Because there's a point that I'd like to share with the audience. Because just to add and to complement what Brother Gerald has stated. You see, the Bible says, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. Now, and he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now notice, he says, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Mm. And as Brother Gerald said, Jesus is gentle in heart. Now, why is this important? Now, Jesus explains. Now, can we go to Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1? Please. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. And um, I'm not going to take too much time upon this because obviously um, we would like Brother Joel to share what the Lord has shared to him. I was just impressed to, to share this this evening and I'm glad that Brother Joel brought this text up because the reason being is that some of the listeners are stating that um, at times the teachings are not practical. So I'd like to bring out a practical example here from Scripture. Now, Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. Paul says, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, yet being absent and bold toward you. Now, so Paul was explaining now that his conduct was a reflection of the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Now, why is this important for us to understand? How does this relate to the Sabbath? You see, because Brother Gerald has been sharing with us listeners and from last week and, and even today that Jesus set the example of keeping the Sabbath, not just in keeping the day, but how he kept the day. And I'd just like to say this um, before I hand over to Brother Gerald. Listeners, Jesus, who is God and our creator, he is a gentle and humble being in heart. He is not rough and aggressive. The Father is gentle and humble. Roughness and aggressiveness come from Satan, and this is a result of sin. To enter into God's rest is to learn of Jesus and to allow him to impart his divine love and power to us. You see, and this is what Jesus is calling us unto. And I'd just like to say this, you see, the arguments in families, among friends, and the war and strife amongst us, and even between the nations, is quite simply because satanic power controls minds and the hearts of human beings. And this is why we need Christ and the Sabbath day to teach us to learn to be peaceable again and to rest. So that's all I just basically wanted to share with the listeners, just to add to what Brother Gerald is sharing. And Brother Gerald, um, yes, Brother carrying on. Now, why did Jesus say that faith is needed in order to enter into his rest? Okay. Now, the, the Sabbath commandments reminds us that the seventh day was set aside um, and made holy. That's what we find in Genesis chapter 1, sorry, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1, 2 to 3. Now, we looked yes. at that last week. Yes. It's the only commandment that deals with time. Now, God asks us to give him our time one yes. day of the week to celebrate the Sabbath. We find that in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. A day he made holy and sacred. And by doing so, we acknowledge his sovereignty over our lives. Yes. Now, the faith. 
So it is by faith that we keep the Sabbath. Now, even when the Bible opens out, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible doesn't set out to prove the existence of God. It presumes his existence. So when we believe um, that this world was created, when we believe that there was a God who created, we are believing that by faith. Now, unwavering faith is about what um, is about more than doctrine or rules or conducts. Our faith is what sets us apart from the rest of the world, because if we believe in a creative God, we will also believe um, that we, and if we, we, we are desirous to get to know that creative God and we believe that we are creating his image, then our desire should be to live in accordance with that God who has made me. He knows what's best for me. Yes. I want to do what is best to make him happy. Yes. He knows what's best for me. He knows how I should live. Just like a manufacturer would produce a car, he yes. knows best for that car. He will give you a manual to tell you how to look after that car. And it's the same way that God has created us. He wants to be a part of us for us to understand that he knows best for us. And if we live in accordance with his will, our lives will be greatly enhanced. Yes. So, oh. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, I just wanted to add as well that um, oftentimes when God is to be distinguished because the Bible acknowledges God, small g, that there are other gods. Right. And any time when there is a time when the writer wants to distinguish between the God of small g and the God Almighty who created all things, or when there's a time when he wants to, the writer wants to give um, exhortation to God, right. he often bring up the fact that it is the God who has created all things. Okay. Now, for instance, in Psalm chapter 35. Right. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Brother Joe. Yes, I just wanted to pause there, please, because you stated quite a lot in a short space of time. And I'd just like to recap, if you don't mind, because you've made some profound statements which we should just take our time upon. Now, because as you stated that the Bible, when you stated, when you stated by um, listeners that the Bible presumes. What is basically stated, and Brother Joe can correct me if I'm wrong, is that God makes statements that are um, affirmative, basically, and it's whether it's down to us whether we believe them or not. You see, now, so this is again, this is what Brother Joe is stating that God makes statements, and it's down to us whether we want to believe them or yes. not. Because that's what faith is, even though we may not have experienced what God has said, i.e. like we wasn't there at creation. But if God has said it and we have faith, trust in him, we will believe him because he is God. Is this, in essence, Brother Gerald, what you were stating to us? That, uh, that is correct. That is correct. And, and as I was saying before, when, when, when the Bible writers want to show the difference between the, you know, the gods of this world yes. and Almighty God, they often um, draw the fact that God is the God of creation. He loves righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness yes. of God by His words. The Lord of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them. That's Psalm chapter 33, um, 5 to 9. Yes. Also, Psalm 19, verses 1 to 4. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. 
And that most important one as well, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7. Yes. Speaking to the current, our this current world now. It says, right. angel was seen shouting with a loud voice in a vision to John, the revelator, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment will come. And it says, worship him that made the heavens and the earth and the seas and the fountains of water. So it draws our attention again to the true God, the God, because the gods of silver and gold and stone and metal and all these things, they are gods with a small g. They have not created the world. Yes. But the God Almighty, the one who they draw our attention to, is the creator of all things. So faith, when it comes to faith, faith is needed in order to enter into God's rest or to acknowledge his creative power, his Sabbath. We need the faith. Yes. Like when it says God created in the beginning, faith is needed in order to believe that. And if we have the faith, we also want to live in accordance with his will. Yes, yes. And you see, listeners, and you see, because again, God is asking us to test him, you see. And because, and that's why we had made an emphasis with Matthew um, when, when Jesus had basically stated to come unto him and to find rest in him. Because you see, demons... I just lay it plain. Satanic powers cannot give you rest. The, the, the gods of the Bible, as Brother Gerald is saying, you know, and, and the gods of this world cannot give you rest. They are liars. They're deceivers. They promise you much, but in the end they're out to destroy you. And, and, and Jesus in his love is calling us to his bosom. He's pleading of us to find rest in him, to test us, even though we may not see him. But there are countless Test, uh, witnesses that can testify of God's trueness and of his love and of his power. I being one person, Brother Gerald being another, and many others, those who are, who, who are guests to this show. And so I've been impressed to make more of an appeal to people on tonight's show to test the Lord and to see that he is good, you see, because Christ is real. And this moves us on now to our next question. How does God's love relate to his rest? Wow. God's love is all over his rest, in specifically his, his Sabbath. God's love is plastered all over the Sabbath. Yes. You know, in Mark chapter 2 and verse 27, and I'm going to read it from the, 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 the New Living Translation, because I like how, it sound, how it's worded. It says, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. You know, when Jesus made these statements, there were always individuals who were trying to pick at him right. for um, breaking, as they saw it, the, 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 the commandment of the Sabbath, whether it, was to, whether it was about healing on the Sabbath day, whether it was about um, um, carrying a bedroll on the Sabbath day, yes, whether right. it was about um, picking corn, to eat because um, he and his disciples were hungry on the Sabbath day. Whatever it was, there were always people who were picking at and looking at the requirements of the Sabbath rather than the purpose of the Sabbath. Right. So that's why Jesus said the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Now in Matthew chapter 2 verses 10 to 12, Jesus met some people who, were, who, would, who would rescue a lamb on the Sabbath. Right. Because it affected the livelihood 
but they had no compassion on a man in need of healing. Now in Isaiah chapter five, now this is what Jesus wants to change. This is yes. where we're talking about how does how does God's love relate to the Sabbath? That's why I'm saying in the Sabbath there's there's love shown all over it. Yes, in right. Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 through to 14, um, because of shortness of time, I won't read it all, but it teaches us that true keeping, Sabbath keeping, true worship, and in fact, true worship on any day for that matter, is to put aside our own cares and to care for others. Yes. The Sabbath teaches us to put God and others first. And we looked at this partly last week. Yes, it right. says the Sabbath teaches not only to love God, um, but also our families and our neighbors as well, including the strangers and the foreigners. We'll find this all in yes. Isaiah 58. The Sabbath teaches us that um, to love God with all our hearts and to love our neighbors as ourselves. You know, when we think of that, that scripture that, that what I just quoted in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 23. We often look at the first four um, commands um, in the the commandments as showing our love towards God. And then the latter six showing our love towards um, our fellow human beings. But in reality, the fourth commandment doesn't only show our love towards God, but it shows our love towards God and our fellow men. Because even when the commandment was given, it says that we have to regard um, those in our households, our family, even yes. the maid servants, the, 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 the man servants, everybody was to be regarded in keeping um, our, our Sabbath. Yes. Okay. And in fact, speaking of that, that same verse in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12, it says, and they that shall be of thee shall build. Um, sorry, I've just. Lost. That's fine. Okay, so I'll get back to that. I've just the, the the laptop that I'm working with is just decided to run away with me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Cool. And it says, and okay, and they that shall be of 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 thee shall build the old ways places. Thou shalt raise up the foundation of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairers of the breach, the restorers of the path to dwell in. And that's the focus upon that same verse in eight and um, Isaiah chapter four, fifty-eight and verse twelve. Okay. That Sabbath being a breach between God and man, right? Which okay. Should be rep- repaired, and um, restored. Right. Okay. So the Sabbath, as I said, it's full of God's love. It shows right. His love. As okay. that restorative power. Right. Yes. So now again, there's been a lot that's been said. And in essence, listeners, um, you see, first John chapter four, verse eight, the Bible says that God is love. And everything that he does is a reflection of his love. And Brother Gerald has shared quite a few scripture texts to show that on the Sabbath day, especially when Jesus came, he came to teach us how the seventh day Sabbath reflects. Is this day especially is a reflection of God's love? And we would invite you to take your Bibles, take the references that he has given, and look to see how God's love was reflected in the ministry of Jesus Christ, especially upon the Sabbath day, 
as he as he sought to teach us how God seeks to teach us about his love and how he expects us to reflect his love on the Sabbath day. You see, and there's one more thing I'd like to share, um, Brother Gerald, as well. In, and this is from Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17. And it says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save, he will rejoice over thee with joy. Now it says, he will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. And so here we see the creator of the universe himself rest in his love. Mm. And note what makes God rest in his love? It's when he saves his people from their sins and from evil. He rejoices over them with joy. And so God's love relates to his rest in that his love, it's his love that gives us salvation and rest from evil. And all this is in harmony with what Brother Gerald is stating because God wants to see his love reflected in us. Mm. That's why Jesus came, listeners. He, he came to teach us of his love so that he could see that in us. And so I hope that what Brother Gerald and myself have shared with you this evening helps gives us, not just yourselves, listeners, but even us as presenters, a more thorough and broader understanding of what God seeks to teach us through his word. Now, mm. Brother Gerald, yes. again, practically, how do we enter into God's rest today? Okay. Now, one of the things I would say to that is that we should not be like Israel of old. Now, we looked briefly at that again last week. Yes. And the difficulty that Israel found with entering into God's rest, entering into his true relationship with him, and now, when it comes to the Sabbath, Israel's failure to regard the Sabbath was one of the chief causes of their rejection by God. Yes. And it's evident in the 20th chapter of Ezekiel. Right. Now, this was not because of their failure to observe the day itself, because we know that they were very good observers of the day. Right. But rather their failure to understand what the Sabbath symbolized. Right. Symbolized conversion, complete dedication to God, sanctification, rest, fellowship, and holiness. Right. Now, Brother Gerald, if you don't mind, can we pause it there? Because this is a very important point, and it needs to be stressed again. Mm. Because many people just go to church for going to church's sake. See? Now, what Brother Gerald is sharing with us is that going to church and keeping the Sabbath of itself cannot save you. Yes. See, because that's what Israel of old did. They just observed it by just resting. But it's not the physical act. It's where you are spiritually. This is what Brother Gerald is basically sharing with us. And I just wanted to interject there to make that point clear. You see, so carry on, please, Brother Gerald. Okay, now in the book of Hebrews, where it speaks about entering into God's rest, and specifically Hebrews chapter chapter 4. Now, it relates this to the, to the wilderness experience yes. of the, the people of God. Now, in their wilderness wandering during their 40 years, um, they saw very little promise of rest. Wow. There was no rest from wandering because they wandered for 40 years. No rest from their enemies, no rest in their soul. Um, in fact, you could probably, you know, understand if they were thinking day after day, when are we ever going to get to that promised land, you know? So there was no particular rest amongst the people right. of Israel. Now, I don't want people to think that when we talk about the Sabbath and resting in God, it's about what we do or what we don't do. 
Right. Okay, that's not what the it, it's all about, because God's rest, you know, is is a spiritual experience, yeah, into which the soul enters, and 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 the soul enters this on on conversion. Okay, so so you can imagine an unregenerative man, um, who wrestles against the the, the, the things of this world and evil conscious, you know, if life becomes a burden, the heart is filled with wicked thoughts, worldly ambition, envy, and pride. But then comes that blessed day of surrender. The soul casts itself upon the mercy of God and is accepted. Former things were told to pass away. There is peace in the heart. Sin is forgiven. And at last, the soul is at rest. Yes. Now, Brother okay. Gerald, sorry to, um, because you've used the phrase there, the, unregener- the unregenerative man. Um, okay. It needs to be broken down for the people because many um, don't understand what that is. Basically, it's the mind that's not being regenerated by the Spirit of God. It's, right. it's, that's so, so, listeners, and so that's what Brother Gerald means by that, basically. And um, so carry on, please, um, Brother Gerald. Okay. Now, the, um, when we come to this stage, we, we then enter into that... Um, where Christ, we enter, where we start at the beginning, when it says, come unto me, all that are labor and have laid it, and I will give you rest. You yes. know, this is after we've accepted and we come, you know, to Christ. Um, so now, when we go back to the book of Hebrews, and again, we're talking about entering into rest, the writer of Hebrew connects this rest, we're talking about um, what we've just spoken about. He connects it, this rest with God's rest at creation. Right. Now, we could read this for the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, specifically verses 1 through to 12. Right. Okay. Um, okay, so um, he connects it with God's rest um, at creation when the works were finished from the foundation of the world, and God did rest the seventh day from all the works that he had done. Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Now, imagine Adam, the day that followed creation was the greatest of all the days. The Sabbath became Adam's symbol of rest with God, a perfect communion, a oneness with God. And that's what God wants us to come back to, that same kind of oneness, communion with God that Adam had. Okay? Now, as we've said many times, the Jews were careful to observe the Sabbath, and they went to such extremes to the other side that it became perverted um, away from what God um, regarded Sabbath to, to be. Right. It became a yoke of bondage, according to the Bible, a burden, a sign of intolerance, bigotry, Pharisaicism, uh, uh, of spiritual pride. So God sent his son to restore to them the true meaning of the symbol of the rest of God, but they rejected the son, and we know they crucified him. Right. Now, so God warns his people not to fall after the same example of unbelief. According okay. to Hebrews chapter right. 11. Right. Okay. And he draws specific attention to the seventh day Sabbath of creation. It says, God did rest the seventh day from all the works that he had done. That's in Hebrew chapter 4 and verse 4. So this statement, he connects closely. Um, with a call to repentance, and he associates this rest to that which he calls his people, the rest in God, or a true conversion. 
with the yes. seventh day Sabbath. Yes. So he draws a conclusion. You know, when the when the when the children of Israel were wandering and they couldn't find the rest, um, God draws a, a, a comparison between, you know, us. We could be in this world. And we could be like the Israelites doing all the things that, you know, we think are required. And, and, and you know, just during a wandering time. But, you know, yes, Israel right. after that as well. After, you know, further down the line. Doing all the things that we think God requires of us. But we're still truly missing what God requires from us. Yes. And, and so it draws, it draws that comparison between the Sabbath, the Seventh-day Sabbath, rest, and the rest that they failed to gain in Canaan. Because even when they reached Canaan, they still did not find that rest that they ought to have found. Yes. And yes, because so in essence, um so Brother Gerald, it's by accepting Jesus Christ as our personal savior, right? That um we can find rest and that we can enter into God's rest today by giving our hearts to Christ daily and by giving our lives to his service and not simply by resting on the seventh day Sabbath alone, which is important, by asking him for strength to overcome sin. You see? So I'm just basically summarizing in essence what Brother Gerald has been sharing with us because Christ promises and assures us his peace and protection and deliverance from our difficulties and problems if we will have faith in him. This is what ancient Israel didn't do, you see. They, um, that's why God had put them through so many tests, you see, and that's why there's so many different accounts. So it's victory over sin, in essence, that enables us to enter into God's rest, because that's what gives us peace, you see. And um, this, in essence, is what Brother Gerald has been sharing with us, that one has to find that peace that comes through victory over sin in Christ in order to enter into God's rest. So it's spiritual. A sinner, someone who's sinning every day, cannot truly enter into God's rest. It's only someone that knows what it means to have the peace of gaining victory over sin, mm. having God's love in their hearts, you see. And this is the lesson that is continually being handed down to us, listeners. So it's vital to understand that if one chooses to live a life of sin, even if one professes to be a Christian, one will never find true rest, you see. It's only when one submits to the saving power of God and his peace, then one can truly enter into God's rest and God's love. So yes. now, when will God's people finally fully enter into God's rest, Brother Gerald? Yes, you know, as we said before, you know, God, we can enter rest, God's rest even now if we take that spiritual experience seriously, yes. you know, and enter, you know, and, and that becomes a part of us, a part of our conversion. Yes. But, you know, there's a scripture that I love, you know, because even, even, even though we may be converted and, you know, um, experience God's rest right. and that peace of mind, that you know, peace of soul, we know that there's still problems and strife around us, constantly yes. trying to bombard us and to draw us off track. Right. You know, but I, I love the scripture because it gives us assurance that one day all the strife and the problems that try to draw us off track won't be there anymore. Yes. You know, and I go to a scripture which is in Isaiah chapter 66. Yes. 
verses 22 and 23. It says, one day there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. For this, for which, um, which I will make, that's God speaking. Yes. Shall remain before me, saith the Lord. So shall your seed in your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another. Yes. And from one Sabbath to another. Shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Yes. So God gives us an assurance that we're talking about this, you know, when true rest fully entering into God's rest. Yes. No, and that's not taken away from the fact that we can enter now, but I'm talking about with no hindrances at all around us. Yes, amen. You know, it says from God will create a new heaven and a new earth. And we are told that in that new heaven and earth, new earth where we shall dwell with God forever, yes. it says that, um, you know, from one Sabbath to another, and you know, that word there, that, that Sabbath, that Sabbath remains. Yes. You know, some people think it's done away with, but even in the new heaven and in, even in the new earth, we are told that we will be still keeping the Sabbath. Amen to that. And it says, and from one new moon to another, yes, all all flesh will come to worship before me. This is what the Lord tells us. Yes, amen. And that's a wonderful promise and a wonderful experience that each of us can have. Yes. You know, and that Sabbath, that is a, shows God's creative, a memorial rather, of God's creative power. Yes. Will always be there for us. Yes. And we also, and there's also a, a, an additional fact there which is given to us. It says, from one new moon to another, the people of God will come together. You know, and if we look deeply into that, it's not only talking about God's creative power, that is a memorial to us. It's talking about God's restorative power. Yes, amen. That will always also be. Um, there before us because that 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 once a, a month you know from one new moon to another we get a new moon every month right you know and in revelation chapter 2 and verse 7 when it's talking about the the, the message to the, to the seven churches now oftentimes those churches are given um given instruction and sometimes correction in most cases um in verse 7 of chapter 2 it says to the church one of the churches which is um it says, this is to the church of um, Ephesus. It says, but this, sorry, he that have been here, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcomes, and that's a wonderful thing. God always makes a way to overcome. If right. we trust him. Will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God? So a promise is given to those who overcome that we can eat from the tree of life and we know that tree of life according to the scripture in Genesis, in revelation chapter 22 and verse 2 we are told that that tree of life is found in the city the new jerusalem yes. and in verse 2 it says in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river there was a tree of life which bare 12 manner of fruit and yielded her fruit every month now we see every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. So every month, the children, 
of God will come to the city to eat from the tree of life, which give us perpetual life, and eat of the leaves which are for the healing of the nation, that restorative power. So we see that they'll come together in the new earth every Sabbath, every week. Memorial of God's creative power. They'll also come together every new moon or according to Revelation every month. A memorial of God's restorative power. Yes. yes. You know, it, it, right. it's a wonderful thing. Yes, yes, you see, and so listeners, you see, in essence, God's people will finally fully enter into God's rest when they have overcome and gained victory over sin. Then God can create a new heaven and a new earth for them to populate, as they will then keep the Sabbath holy from week to week forever, as Brother Gerald said, because like their God, they will reflect his love and goodness and peace, and they will be holy, and thus will keep the Sabbath holy. So, Let's have a break now for some music and we'll come back and with some clo- with some closing thoughts, Brother Gerald.
how do we enter into God's rest? Brother Gerald, final thoughts this evening, please. Brothers and sisters, all listeners, we have a wonderful high priest. We have a wonderful savior. We have a wonderful God who wants to, even amidst the trials and the tribulations of this world that can be brought to us, his desire is to bring us away from that to a place where we can have peace of mind and rest of soul. It was his desire that in bringing his children out of bondage and slavery to the Egyptians, he would lead them to a place where they would have rest. It was only because of their disobedience or lack of understanding of what true rest mean meant that they didn't really grasp hold of it. But we have the opportunity, brothers and sisters, to take that rest that Jesus promised us, to make our burdens lighter. And my desire for each one of us is that we do that. We take hold. Take hold. Don't let go. Keep your feet on a path that slopes upward and ends at the feet of Jesus. It's my prayer for us all in, in his name. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray to close now, please, Brother Joel? Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the time we've been able to spend with you and with each other. Thank you. And I pray that you will continue to bless each listener, that you will continue to bless myself, that you will continue to bless Brother John and the ministry and all those involved in this most important work of spreading the gospel. Because we know, Lord, that is our commission of these last days to spread the gospel to the four corners of this world in preparation for your soon coming. Help us never to forget that you are coming soon and to have that desire, that courage, that boldness to make, to get ready, but not through our own strength, through yours. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Gerald, thank you very much for appearing as a guest tonight on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org or you can send a text message to 07944062786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address and we will send you a free tract called Jesus Kept Saturday Holy. Do you? Those who are living outside the UK can request for an electronic version to be sent to them free. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section, then find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At chapters 86 and 87, you'll find the subjects, reasons for Sabbath keeping, and manner of observing the Sabbath. These will give you more information about today's topic. On next week's show, we will discuss the subject, Does the Bible Reveal a Global Conspiracy? Well, that's it for tonight's show. Until next week, good night and God bless. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. 
That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.